you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Well, as Nita said, happy belated Thanksgiving to all of you. How many of you uh, enjoyed lots of family and food in the last four days? <laughs> yes, you know, food is, is such a, a common thing in our culture, isn't it? And, um, I mean, we, we probably go over the top in some ways. I don't know, some, sometimes your tummy feels like that way, like you just had too much. Um, but I hope you're enjoying family and friends, you know, around Thanksgiving. And I want to bring our attention today to a story that is very similar to maybe some of the settings that you found yourself in the last four days. Uh, there is a story in the Bible about a dinner, uh, a very... Uh, a very nice dinner that was laid out in honor of Jesus. And as we read about it, uh, I'd like you just to kind of imagine in your mind maybe some of the nice settings where there was food laid out and friends and family as I read this story to you. It's in John chapter 12. We're going to be reading verses 2 through 6. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Verse 3, then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance. But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, said that perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor, he was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. So imagine that. Here they were at a really nice gathering in honor of Jesus. And you ever have one of those situations where everybody's happy, the setting's beautiful, um, you're just expecting a good time, and then somebody has to say an unkind statement that just kind of spoils the situation. You know, fortunately, Jesus was there to handle it and said, hey, leave her alone. But there they were in that situation, and I want us to take a closer look at what was going on here. And I have two questions for us to consider. Why was it that Mary was so generous? Why was she so generous? And secondly, why was Judas so upset? And so we'll take a look at the first question. Why was Mary so generous? And I want you to think about how generous she was. Judas said the, perf- the perfume that she used was worth a year's salary. Wow. I think about that for a moment. How much do you make in a year? Don't answer out loud. But how much do you make in one year? Would you give that much to honor Jesus? Now remember, this dinner was to honor him. Would you give the amount you make in a year to honor him? Would you pour it on his feet? That was pretty extravagant, wasn't it? So why was Mary so generous? Well, Mary was so generous because, well, you have to recount the story. Remember, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus are all siblings. And remember, their brother was sick, and they called for Jesus to come and pray for him, and he delayed. And when he arrived, their brother was dead. And Mary cried, and she said, if you had only come sooner, this would not have happened. 
But then we all know the story. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And this dinner in honor of Jesus occurred after he had raised Lazarus from the dead. So the reason that Mary is so thankful is because Jesus brought her brother back to life. I mean, just imagine, wouldn't you be so thankful if the Lord had raised one of your own family members and brought them back to life? It's an amazing situation. And so they're there at this dinner in honor of Jesus. The principle is this. If you think about Mary's experience and what she went through and what she saw, here's the principle. Generosity comes from thankfulness. She gave such an extravagant, extravagant gift because generosity comes from thankfulness. Would you be thankful if God brought your family member back to life? By the way, uh, if you have Christ in your life, you too have been raised from the dead. Ephesians 2.6, God raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. Amen? So the natural response to the blessed life is a thankful heart. The natural response to a blessed life is a thankful heart. And so as a result, Mary gave an extravagant gift. And then Jesus rewarded her. Yeah, did you know that when, you're, when you have a thankful heart and you give out of a thankful heart that there is a reward? Do you know what Mary's reward was? Jesus said that wherever this gospel is preached, her story would be told about her extravagance and her generosity. So she was honored. Her story is recorded in Scripture, and her generosity is shared as an example all over the world. That's in Matthew 26. So Mary's a shining example of thankfulness. In contrast, uh, let's look at Judas Iscariot for a moment. Why was Judas so upset? Remember Judas criticized Mary, saying that the gift and the money it was worth was wasted on Jesus? Imagine that for a moment. (laughs) Judas didn't know who he was talking about. But we do. We know who Jesus is. Mary understood who he was. Imagine some guy at a party saying to Jesus, (laughs) just wasted all that money on Jesus. And he had no idea what he was saying. He said that money could have been given to the poor, but he wasn't concerned about the poor. The Bible says Judas was upset because he was a thief. And he used to, he used to take money from the money box. He used to steal some of it for himself. He was hoping that the money would have been donated so that he could steal more of it. That's what was going on in his heart. So an amazing contrast between two people in this story. We have Mary who is so thankful, nothing can be too much to say thank you to Jesus. On the other hand, we have Judas over here who who doesn't have a clue. And really what these two people represent are two different hearts. There are two hearts represented in this story. There is a selfish heart and there's a generous heart. A selfish heart and a generous heart. And guess what it was that revealed the difference between the two. It was giving. Giving revealed the difference between the two. Giving will reveal where your heart is at. In the moment of giving, 
Watch your heart. Am I generous or am I selfish? Did you know we're all born selfish? You ever watch little kids play with toys? I mean, my little kids could have a toy sitting in the corner of the room that they haven't noticed or paid attention to for months. But bring their little first cousin over and they're playing in the room together and their little cousin wanders over to the corner and picks up that toy and all of a sudden, oh no, no, that is my toy, mine. You know, and then there's a fight and they're grabbing and playing tug of war with it, you know. And that, that's so typical. You know, we're, we're born selfish, but here's the good news. We're born again generous. You ever notice in your heart how you would like to be able to help people more? You wish you could do this. <coughs> you try to overcome difficulties that prevent it. You know, the thing you want to do, you don't. The thing you don't want to do, you do. And there's a struggle inside. And we're struggling in that, in that journey to go from selfish to generous. Ephesians chapter 5, it talks about it. It talks about the sinful nature. It says that the results of the sinful nature are things like disputes, dissensions, factions, envying. It's, it's all about selfishness. But the results of God's Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience. So when it comes to giving... How would I know the difference between whether or not I'm operating out of selfishness or out of generosity? Well, here's one question you can ask yourself, or maybe a statement, a guideline that you can use in evaluating yourself. Generosity is when you give expecting nothing in return. You know, Terry and I recently um, were helping out her dad. He's 89 years old. And uh, she arranged for him to get a new bed so that he could be more comfortable. And so we brought it over to the house. We assembled it. We installed it. He tried it out. He liked it. And he's sitting there enjoying the comfort of this new bed. And he says, you know, when I can, I'm going to pay you guys back. And people said, no, 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 no. We're not wanting anything in, in return. This is just a gift to you. Generosity is when you give without expecting anything in return. Selfishness is when you give, but you're expecting something back. It's all about the motivation. Do you remember the woman who gave two pennies in the offering at the temple? Jesus commended her. Now, it wasn't the amount, obviously. <laughs> it wasn't the amount that Jesus commended. What he commended was her heart. What he commended was her attitude. You know, when Jesus commended her, it was like commending somebody or rewarding somebody. Let's, let's say you found somebody's wallet, had 50 bucks in it. You returned it to the owner. As a reward, he gives you $500. You're like, well, wait a minute. This, that's, that's, not, that's not right. There's only $50 in the wallet. What are you giving me $500 for? You know, the owner is, is not commending the amount of money or the value of the wallet that you returned. What he's commending is your honesty. God's the same way. He rewards the attitude of your heart. You know, in the story of the woman who gave two pennies, Jesus was not rewarding the amount of money that she gave. Jesus was rewarding her faith. 
You know, it's not the giving that enacts the blessing. It's the faith that enacts the blessing. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, we can go to... (laughs) Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. He is a rewarder. And that's an important reality to get a hold of. God is a rewarder. Let me put it this way in a double negative. God cannot not reward you. He cannot not reward you. And the reason is because he is a rewarder. So that's what he's going to do. He is a rewarder. It's like, it's like God can't lie to you. The reason God can't lie to you is because God is truth. He is truth. Therefore, he cannot lie to you. So he is a rewarder. You know, you, you can't give to get because then it doesn't count. It's the wrong motive, right? Then it becomes selfish. It's not giving to give. It's giving to get. But when you give to give, then God rewards you anyway because he is a rewarder. Amen? So how can we develop a heart of thankfulness? How can we develop a thankful heart? Well, there, there are several things, but I just want to highlight one this morning, and that is it's important to remember where you came from without Christ. It's important to remember what life was like before you had a relationship with the Lord. Because, you know, it's easy to forget. It's easy to forget. And then we're tempted to believe that our current status is something that we accomplished. And we can kind of take pride in that. But it's important to remember what life was like before we knew the Lord. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 12, it talks about that. Paul's talking about what it was like before we... (laughs) Before we knew the Lord. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises of God. You didn't know the promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope, but now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to Him through the blood of Christ. And then moving to verse 18. But now, all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all God's holy people. You are members of God's family. And I'd like us to think about that today as we come to a close I'd like you to take some time just between you and God to recall what life was like before you began to experience him.